Hey everybody, Economic Ninja here. I hope you're doing well. Sorry about the background noise. I'm going for a cruise in my car. And along with just total, you know, Economic Ninja brand, I like to get as many things done as possible every second of the day. And I'm gonna to talk to you today about real estate. Primarily, let's talk about Texas real estate. And I can only assume it's gonna be the same for Florida because a lot of people uh, do not think that Texas real estate or Florida real estate can go down. It, it really does blow my mind um, because they say that you know in 2008, we, they didn't see the same procession or the, sorry, percentage of collapse. You know, when, when in California where my home personally went down 40% in value during the Great Recession, Texas and Florida didn't see the same uh, thing. And actually, I completely beg to differ, and I want to talk to you about that. Now, by the way, guys, this is a uh, podcast-only video. This is not going out to uh, YouTube. So every once in a while, I, at least once a week, I throw out one on the podcast because I'm using this platform actually to go a little crazier um, when it comes to politics and things like that. So if you are listening to this for the first time, I would highly suggest, or, or I would be very grateful if you would uh, consider subscribing to the podcast. It helps me get the word out. So when we're talking about real estate in Texas, one thing that people do not understand, and I was out there the other day, uh, went wakeboarding with uh, Johnny Bravo, another YouTuber, and actually there's a few of us uh, talking, uh, and I was, one of his contractors were out there, and we were you know, checking out these absolute mansions that were under construction. I went to the builder's house, huge homes. I want to say like, you know, 7,000 square foot homes with their own boat slips, beautiful, beautiful places. I asked the contractor one very simple question. I said, how many people, because I'm assuming that I said most of your business is from California. And he said, yes. And I said, uh, you know, people bringing over a ton of money and buying these homes that they probably shouldn't afford them. Well, how many of them have a mortgage tied to them? And he said, every single one. And the reason why I bring that up is because in 2000 and what was it, 18, 19, I actually purchased a home. Sorry, it was 2020. Time is just flying. Um, uh, 2020, I purchased a home from a friend of mine. The friend sold me their house because they wanted to leave California and go to Phoenix. Their sons had finally moved out of the house and they said, this is the chance to have the house of their dreams. They sold the one in California, and when, before you think about this or say, you know, say it out loud, because I know you're thinking, they did not pay cash for that house in Arizona. Could they have paid cash for a house in Arizona? They could have. Um, it would not have been the house of their dreams, but they wanted the house of their dreams, which was much larger than the house they sold in California. Now, now, now granted, that house in California was worth a lot more than the one they, they bought in Arizona, but the one in Arizona was about the same price, so they needed a mortgage on it, right? Um, I've seen even worse cases where people go and they sell their home, and let's say they, they've got a good grip of money, half a million dollars, they go then take that and go buy a million dollar place in another state because it's the house of their dreams. Ironically, they're finally buying the house of their dreams, and trust me, I know what this is like, uh, the, that big house that you don't need anymore because your kids have actually left. You don't need the five bedrooms. You don't need the four car garage. You've still only got two cars. Maybe you want a project car. The kids aren't there. What are you going to do with all those rooms? You know, it harkens me back to that Matthew McConaughey movie, uh, failure to launch when the dad turns his bed, his son's bedroom into the naked room <laughs> and his son walks in on his dad cleaning an aquarium, completely buck naked. That cracked me up. 
He says, well, it's my naked room. You know, it's like at a certain point, do you need a naked room? <laughs> now I know guaranteed. <laughs> Some of you guys are just cracking up right now, but I mean, do you need a, a craft room? Do you need an office? You know, it's, it's like, what are you spending your money on? Right? You're really hoping that someday someone's going to need that five bedroom mansion on the desert or a five bedroom mansion out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Right? And the problem is what I foresee. And, and when we say this time is different and I go, yeah, no duh, this is really different. Um, my, uh, thinking of this is in 2008, the, the real estate market did not just soar upwards or, uh, you know, soar upwards and then crash all around the country because of people living outside of their means. But this time I want people to realize the reason why Texas, Idaho, Arizona, Florida, and so many other states. I mean, I've have friends and family that have, uh, moved all over the country, right? Exacerbating the real estate uh, issues, right? Leading to much higher prices. That didn't happen back in 2000 and leading up to 2008, right? You didn't see people leaving California in droves in 2006 and 2007, but you did see that in the last two years, all right? That means you have artificial bubbles that have been um, pumped up throughout recent history all over the country, which means those states are extremely vulnerable to a crash, the bubble popping. Most people don't think about that. And I want you to think about that because when your, your mind is focused on things that the, the herd is not following, you have a really good understanding. You have more depth to your understanding and knowledge than most people. All right. People think for some reason, these prices cannot stop. That's what forced them or made the decision easier for them to build a custom house, um, build something outside of their means because like, Hey, if all else fails, we can turn around and sell it. That was the exact same mentality in 2005. I'm telling you the, this is going to be an epic bubble pop. Now on top of that, what blows me away you know, there's a lot of savings for moving out of California, let's say to Texas or Florida, because there's no income tax, right? But for those that did buy that expensive, lavish house, their property taxes just tripled. Now, a lot of them, if you think about it, depending on the house they bought and how much it cost, they could soak up that pain, that extra property tax, because they're not getting taxed on their income, right? But there is still a segment of the population that moved from California into another area that even with the zero property, I'm sorry, the zero income tax, it's nothing compared to because of how much they make per year compared to the amount of property tax that they're paying. There's actually people that are going to end up paying more in tax overall because of that decision, because they went outside of what they could have or should have afforded. So that is something very important to note. Another thing that gets me really excited about this entire situation is that when we're talking about um, these homes that are gonna be vulnerable to a bubble popping, right? There are people, again, that left the state. And I remember seeing a couple of these stories and it's hard not to laugh because they were able to telecommute. Those 
some of those jobs are being recalled right now where people like, and the most famous one is Elon Musk and Tesla saying, get back to work. It's time to actually show back up to the office. But he's not the only one. And I think what's gonna happen is there are a lot of places that have long-term leases that they're trying to figure out how to get out of with these office buildings and they're going, we can't get out of them. We need to start recalling people back or we're having internal issues um, with people, our employees being able to connect on either a personal basis or a functional basis to where we're seeing cracks being formed and we're not used to it and it's not feeling good. So let's, on a certain level, let's get some people back into the office, working around each other, collaborating and that kind of stuff. So I see that there is gonna be sort of a migration back to people's jobs. And when you couple that with fuel prices rising, man, there are people that I know that just said, hey, I'm gonna leave for a little bit and go and hold on, we're gonna go for the pass. I think it's time to get a car with a quieter cabin inside. It's really nice. You know what, I shouldn't say what I'm doing. Going back to the uh, crash. You know, there are people that moved just like an hour away out of a big metropolitan area because they wanted to enjoy their telecommuting and now they're being called back to work and the price of fuel is so insane, thinking that they're going to, to be able to dive back into, you know, oh, I'm just gonna commute. That's just not gonna work. I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. My, my Kia the other day, Mrs. Ninja goes, it cost $100 to fuel the Kia. And I go, yeah, um, are you uh, devoid of reality? What's going on right now? And it's gonna be much worse. I'm not joking. I have a feeling it is gonna cost $200 sometime this year. And that's all that $12 gallon uh, gasoline's gonna take. $200 to fuel the Kia. And there is, I'm not joking, a disconnect with so many people. Even the people you think should know because of their name badge, what it says, where they went to school, complete and utter disconnect. And I want people to understand how serious that disconnect can be. Because what that what happens, it's like uh, you've ever heard the term reality smacking you in the face? Well, there is about to be a reality smacking people in the face when uh, gas gets to 10 to 12 bucks a gallon in California. I know it sounds crazy, but $8 a gallon uh, fuel is not gonna smack Californians in the face. And the reason why I keep talking about California because many of you might have already turned the podcast off, said I'm not in California, it says nothing to do with me. Oh, it does. Because the, California produces so much for the nation, it's insane. Sadly, that's why it's turned into such a cocky state, which I completely disagree with. I, I can't stand Californians' attitudes, the way they drive. They're, I just The pride, man. But pride comes before a fall, right? So California produces like two-thirds of the nation's nuts. Uh, which <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> there are a bunch of nutballs in California. But no, we're talking about the, the nuts you eat. Um, it produces one-third of the fresh produce, right? I mean, California is a producing state. The problem is it produces a lot of crap also, right? Um, but the thing is, is just like the Great Recession, California's real estate started to crumble and it really took a lot down with it. And today is gonna be no exception, except the one exception is that it's gonna take down a bunch of other states too because of the great migration of real estate owners. So that gets me excited. And why should it get me excited? Well, if you think about it, I'm super pumped because all of those super fancy houses that these these people went and nutballs that shouldn't have afforded them went and built over in other states, they're going to have to give them back to the banks. And at a certain point, those banks are going to take them back. Now, that takes a long time. 
from the first day you miss a mortgage payment to the day that you're moving out and the bank's repossessing a home, that can take up to two years. So this is a definite waiting game and a patience game. But what you could do in the meantime is literally get yourself out of debt, work on your credit score, and build up your cash position, your investments, um, your inflation hedges, things like that, knowing that the day that we turn around and start to buy up homes, I ain't messing around. I'm gonna be buying homes uh, hand over fist. And we'll be doing it on social media and stuff because I wanna show people how to do it just like me because I wanna give away my best for free. If I give away my best for free, the rest is gonna handle itself, right? So that's what gets me excited. I want the custom home. I wanna sit next to my buddies you know, on the lake and enjoy life and continue to do things like what we're doing right now is helping people. Um, that is what gets me truly, truly excited. Because when you help people, life is good. When you're a miser, you're gonna live a, 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 a stupid life, a, a lonely lifestyle, and you're gonna die alone. I don't want to do that. And I hope I hope you don't want to live like that as well. I hope you guys are out crushing it. Um, again, it sounds funny, and I harken back to the, the very start of this episode where I said, making the most of your time, and I was doing this podcast while I'm driving and probably picking up road noise. I don't even know what the quality of this is like until we uh, I, I play it back. But um, I want you to make the most of your days. You know, the, the guys that I work with... Um, they laugh at me every time they're playing a movie and I go, oh, I've never seen this. And they laugh, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, dorks, I spend more time reading, watching current events and, and making money while you're sitting around on your butt watching movies. And I get it, there's a lot of people, but I need my, my time. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of productive ways that you could get your time, you know what I mean? And it sounds funny, that's fine. That's just what separates wealthy or successful people from non-wealthy or successful people. That's it. And and I can't be more blunt about that. If you want to be successful, make the most of your time. So a lot of people, especially a lot of people in social media ask me, how do you do this? How do you do so many videos? How do you do this? And, and it's because I'm shaving time, because and I'm and which equals saving time like this. I'm spending my time with you, and there may only be a couple hundred people that watch this, and but I'm super stoked to be here with you. It's like I'm right in the car with you, or I'm sitting on the drive lawnmower with you, which would be really awkward because it's a single seater. But my point being is I'm right here with you, and, and, and even though you may feel alone, this is when an angel gets emotional, even though you may feel alone in this world because you want to crush it, you want success, and you know it takes hard work, you're not alone. I'm right there with you. We're just driving in the car together, talking like friends. And I encourage you to look into new friends. If you, I know there's somebody out there going, yep, that's me. I need new friends. You need friends that lift you up. Find successful people. Take them out to lunch. Take them out to coffee. Ask them questions. Um, that's when you get the most out of them. That's what I used to do. I still do it today. I don't let a rich person pay for dinner. And it's funny. I took, I took a very, very wealthy person out the other day. He's probably... I'm, I can't even guess. We're at maybe fifty to hundred million dollars. We were paying for dinner, me and my wife, and uh, the man's wife came up to my wife later, and she goes, "Thank you so much, thank you." It's like, "Oh, it's our pleasure. We really appreciate your time," you know. And they say, "No, but we've never had somebody take us out to dinner." That was shocking. I've heard that before, but like, not like we've never had someone take us out to dinner. Once people know that you know we have means, we you know they expect us to pay for everything. I'm like, that is totally lame. You know, and um, 
And, you know, just sitting down with a wealthy person that made their money over dinner and you're chatting, uh, you have their ear. You could ask them any question. And you look at it as the most valuable information in the world because it is when you uh, get that, you take that information and you run with it. All right, guys, I hope you got something out of this. Um, I'm curious to see, I wish I could see feedback. Unlike YouTube, I can't see comments, but uh, I really appreciate your time. You know, and if you guys want, you know, throw out, I think there's ways of like recording a little message or something, you know, throw out a message. You know, if you got something out of this, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, then it gives me good ideas of, of where to run with it. All right, guys, that being said, I hope you have an awesome day. The Economic Ninja is out.